Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. I'm your guest host, David Johnson, filling in for Jim Brangenberg, who, by the way, is off on the marriage cruise, the I Work For Him marriage cruise that he and his lovely wife, Martha, host. So let's be praying for them. I'm sure they're going to have a great time out there working on marriages. You uh, are encouraged, though, to check out the latest on the IWorkForHim.com website. While you're there, please prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him nation. Today, we're going to be talking especially about how to grow your business in 2016. And what do we mean by that? We're going to be talking about all of the modern methodologies, the current methodologies that you might be using to grow your business. And to do that, I am thrilled to have my guests in the studio with me today. Uh, first of all, Rod Thompson. Rod, how are you? I'm great, and I'm thrilled to be here, David. Rod is the founder of the Thompson Group, which handles PR and messaging and all sorts of other great strategy for businesses. And I also have my good friend, Josh Muccio. Josh, welcome. Hey. Good We're, to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to have you here. Josh is an entrepreneur, a young guy. Uh, we together 
host a show called Grow the Dream, which is a podcast that is focused on helping people utilize all sorts of modern methodologies to grow their businesses. And so we focus on helping business owners, uh, those who work in small businesses, small business marketing teams, people who wear a lot of hats. We do all of that uh, once a week on Grow the Dream, and we're thrilled to be able to bring a taste of that to you today on I Work For Him. Absolutely. This is going to be fun, you guys. So uh, just to give you a quick introduction to what's going on with this, uh, we have three generations represented here. So I myself am a Generation Xer. Rod, you are a baby boomer. Yes, representing. And Josh is our token millennial. Token millennial. I'm glad I can... <laughs> well, basically, since there's one of each of us, we're all tokens. Well, that's true, but we have to make fun of the millennial occasionally. Uh, you know, there is this sort of like multi-generational uh, fun that goes on Absolutely. with Absolutely. Yeah, so we, we do enjoy that. But I have a question, you guys, because, you know, Grow the Dream Show, where we spend our time talking about how to, how to help businesses, is is a general marketplace thing. We're not especially focused on uh, talking about our faith on that show. All three of us are believers. Uh, but the, the, the work that we do on that show is not necessarily focused on, on, on living out our faith per se. I mean, I think everything that we do is an expression yeah, sure. of who we are. Yeah. But my question for you, and, and you each have like a minute to answer this. What is God doing in your life today, Josh? What is he doing in my life today? Well, uh, today specifically or just in general? Well, it doesn't have to be, you know, today, February 18th. It could be, you know, just right now, sort of this season of your life. Well, you're springing this one on me for sure. I told you I was going to. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't tell you what it was going to be. <laughs> I, he's really, uh, he's, he's stretching me. Uh, he, he always does. But but in this season, just trying to learn um, that no no matter what, that, that like I can have full faith and trust in him. And yeah. it's, it's taken a while to kind of uh, get there. You know, it seems like every new circumstance you get to is, oh, well, this is the exemption. Your mind is like, well, I'm not going to make it through this one. What if? What if? <laughs> But it's like when you just sit down and realize, God, he's got this. I'm going to be okay. And, uh, you know, I have, I have my wife to thank me for kind of setting me straight whenever I'm, I'm not there. But, uh, yeah, I think today, even in particular, we're, we're having to say, all right, like we're faced with this tough decision and it's going to be okay. So we're going to trust. I like it. I like it. Well, that's that's a good place to be. Rod, how about you? What's what's the Lord doing in your life? Yeah, right a real now? similar category there. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, uh, you'll be able to move mountains. And uh, sometimes we need to have that much faith just to get through the day and to get through the week. And uh, we have needs in our lives. We have desires. Uh, almost everybody probably listening to this show has something going on in their life in which they are having a real challenge with it. And so often it just takes growing our faith. And I am convinced more than ever that that is done on purpose by our Lord because he wants to grow us as sons and daughters of his, and he doesn't keep it easy on purpose. I think I read that somewhere. Author and finisher. <laughs> he is indeed. <laughs> the author and the finisher of our faith. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, we don't normally have these conversations, at least during our, our show together. Yeah. So uh, it's not often that we get to take time to, to sort of have these conversations with one another. What's God doing in your life, David? Uh, turn it around. You know, I, I, I hate to say ditto, but I, I it really... It's it's very much the same thing. I mean, we're, we we jump through hoops, especially as business owners, because each of us owns a business, and of course we work together on a project, which is which is cool. But we all have sort of uh, this one thing in common, uh, and that is that that um, business ownership, entrepreneurship, living out your faith, 
in your work all presents plenty of opportunities for us to uh, to in, you know sort of trust God and mm. to really look to Him. Exactly. So uh, I trust God every day for good coffee. I don't mean to, I mean to trivialize this conversation, but one of the things we do <laughs> yeah. on Grow the Dream Show is we have a brew of the day. The coffee is not trivial. I'm no, going to say Chemo is my new hero because he brought us Cuban coffee. Sweet. It Isn't is this coffee. good? Did you? Espresso. Oh, wow. So good. It is kicking, man. Man, this is uh, this is fantastic. I would like to start broadcasting out of the Salem studios much more often. Just seriously, with this. <laughs> we can get this. So, guys, we are here, obviously, uh, helping out Jim Brangenberg and talking to a, a great group of of believers who listen to this show all the time. But we also uh, focus every day on helping businesses grow. And so, one of the things that always comes up is, you know, because each of us are entrepreneurs, is you know, how did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah. You origin know, stories. The origin story. Exactly. Everybody has to have an origin story. I kind of have this belief that every one of us has a dream that God planted us in, in, in our hearts. And uh, that dream, for all of us, might you know, it might look different. It might play out differently. <laughs> but to a great extent, that dream, um, in, in especially those who become entrepreneurs, that dream is, is intertwined in, in business success. Uh, and I think that's that's godly. You know, uh, Rod, you, you and I have had conversations about this before. Some people struggle with that idea, right? Because we're raised to believe maybe uh, we see people taking vows of poverty and they look holy. Mm, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. You know, but um, <clears throat> Josh, you went to a university that is a Christian university. Yeah. And had an entrepreneurship program. Oh, yeah. You teed that one up. I see that. Well, yeah, I mean, we had, I was a business uh, business student. I was in finance. And during my final year, they gave us the opportunity for our senior project to either go write or, or go start our own business and then write a short senior paper, or we could go consult with another business and write a really long senior paper. I chose the short senior paper. And that's how I kind of first stumbled into entrepreneurship. And uh, but the funny thing is, I went after after that. I didn't start right away. Got got a job and got laid off a year later. This would have been two thousand. So not that long ago, Rod. <laughs> well, you're pretty young. So yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like half your life ago, probably half my. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so uh, 2010, got laid off, had a kid on the way. And uh, so kind of tying back to what I was saying earlier on the program, I mean, that was another moment of faith. And uh, I, you know, we kind of dove in at that point because it was like, all right, we're collecting unemployment because I got laid off from this company. And it was incredible within a couple of months. Like, you know, it was God saying, this is something I want you to do and I'm going to bless you in this. And uh, fast forward two years, three years, I uh, sold that company in 2013, and uh, hence we've been starting Grow the Dream and uh, working on other projects. And uh, are we going to tie this into content marketing, or do I not go there yet? I think we I, it's fine to talk about content marketing, because that's going to be part of our discussion today. Everybody yeah. wants to know, how do, how do I grow, grow my business today? One of the things that you did, though, I mean, your business, the business that you started when you had that moment where you were like, okay, what do I do right now, yeah. was actually the business that you started when you were in school. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. So, so, so back to that, I, I, I started a website and threw up some pages. I thought, well, you know, I, I actually copied somebody else that had done something similar for another. It was, it was a repair company. And, uh, next thing you know, when I get laid off a year later, all of a sudden there's a bunch of traffic on this website. And, and you, so, you just kind of forgot about it, right? I mean, oh, it was sitting I out there. literally, and it was, 
it was a form of content marketing, I suppose, building a website and it had helpful information about, well, I'll tell you what it is. It was called iPadScreenRepair.com. Which is and a great domain a, name, I got to say. I mean, that's a great domain name. Uh, right up until Apple decides to come after you for using the word iPad, right? <laughs> I, I was always afraid of that. They never did, though, did they? No, nope, nope. no. So, so you found yourself in that moment where you're like, okay, what do I do right now? You found that you had a website that you already built with the school project. Sure. You're getting traffic because people are looking for iPad screen repair. Right. So then I learned about content marketing after the fact as I accidentally stumbled into it. Yeah. But it turns out, if you create good, valuable content on the web, uh, sometimes people find it. And that uh, that circumstance has, is, is, is perhaps not achievable in the same exact way today. No, and we ended up launching a different website that was called iHeartRepair at the time, and that was all about lots of different repairs you could do for different devices. So but, we, we didn't want to stay niche So focused. did you know anything about repairing iPads. That's when, I, the when I did the website? Yeah, everybody wants to know. No. <laughs> so when we flipped the switch and turned it into an e-commerce business, uh, the first iPad came in, and I was looking online for how to repair this. You're watching I'm, YouTube videos, I'm right? I'm supposed to be the expert. I'm the guy that owns iPads. Well, it turns out, you know, it only cost me 10 bucks. I just was the first guy to do it. So, But I quickly became qualified. And then and, so, yeah. uh, and then one of the things that you picked up along the way, though, is, is a great understanding of how to get a business to rank well in Google search. Because that was that was the foundation sure. of your whole business, right? Was people were coming in from Google searches. Well, and you know that that fell off a cliff in uh, 2013 for We some did reason. a show on this. Yeah, yes. we have an episode of the Grow the Dream show. Where it was like the day the Google traffic, traffic died. died. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I had to dramatically switch my approach to to growing that business. Uh, it, within a month, I mean, by that time we had uh, location, we had employees, and so then when business drops off, <sighs> what do you do now? Oh man, that's another one of those moments we were talking oh, about. Oh, <laughs> another moment. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and then again, you know, I, I learned something else specifically in that situation to to how to grow a business locally. Well, uh, that's fun. So, um, Rod, you have a, a, a story that's different, though. I mean, you spent you spent a, a, a very solid career, 25, 30 years worth in journalism. Right. Uh, listeners to I Work For Him may remember we interviewed you on this subject uh, last year. We had a conversation with you about uh, about living out your faith in a very hostile work environment, right. uh, which was the, the world of journalism. So uh, you started out as a reporter, made your way up through the ranks. Yep. I think when I met you, you, are, you were the executive editor of a, of a very well-respected vis- business publication by, you know, at, that, t- at right. that point in time. Right. That was my last journalism job. And so you're well into your 50s. I don't know how far into your 50s. And you have a moment where you say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. So I was about 52 and and I was just getting burned out on journalism. Hmm. And for a lot of our listeners, they know, Josh, that 52 is not old. (laughs) I didn't say anything. (laughs) He felt it coming from that side (laughs) of the room. It was emanating over. Um, So, but I was burned out. Guys can't start businesses. I was, I was burned out on journalism. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the the CEO knew it and all, and so we had an amicable parting of ways. And I had a choice to make then: um, what do I do? Well, the only thing I really knew was journalism, but I also had been in the same community uh, for 23 years in Sarasota, and so I knew a lot of people. I knew the industry. I knew how it operated. So the natural thing was to start a, a public relations business, and that's what I did. Um, but then it quickly expanded beyond that because because of my history in the newsroom as a um, politically conservative, overt Christian, I had learned an awful lot about how to defend what I believe, and that translated well into a whole 
um, pillar of my company for um, political candidates and political parties as far as messaging for them. So it became became a two-tiered sort of business for me in which I had to learn um, the business side of, um, of both public relations, communications, messaging for businesses, for organizations, and then for political candidates and political parties. It's been exciting to do, and it's been a very good thing for me in the growth of my faith and in uh, growing my character. I always say you changed sides. You know, you went from being a journalist to being well, a... Well, a lot of people in journalism would say I went over to the dark side. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people in journalism that are also unemployed today. Right. Yeah, boy, that's true. It's a tough <laughs> yeah, business to be in. It is. So we've been talking to uh, Rod Thompson, my good friend Rod, and my good friend Josh Muccio, co-hosts of Grow the Dream Show. We've been, ta- we've been talking... Well, actually, we're getting into the topic of how to grow your business. In 2016, so we're going to get right back into that. Yeah, we're telling some stories, and I'm sure some of our listeners are curious. How did you get into entrepreneurship, David? My entrepreneurship origin story. It's yeah. actually it's funny because I got I got fired. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, just like a me. lot of them started that way. <laughs> isn't that isn't that true? I woke up one morning. This was uh, 25 or so years ago. I don't remember exactly how long. I woke up in the morning. I was in the shower, and I heard the Lord speak to me and say, "You're going to lose your job today." Nuh-uh. I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice, like the earth didn't shake and the sky didn't part. Or anything. But you knew it going I to knew. work. And, I, and I, I don't know, somehow I was excited. You, were, you weren't, that didn't freak you out? You were like, you didn't call in sick? Why are you speaking to me now with this bad news? I think I was just young enough and, and bold enough or uh, stupid enough or whatever. I, like, it just was, it thrill- first of all, I was just thrilled the Lord spoke to me so directly about He's something. talking to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, is it bad news? <laughs> yeah, no, I felt like that was great news. The Lord spoke to me. I mean, yeah. you know. So I, uh, I went into work, and sure enough, uh, I got this long story. It was a ministry, and I won't get into too many specifics, but the bottom line was the board had a meeting, and the salary column's too high, and you're in the salary column. <laughs> And you're the the latest one did, we added. So did you get laid off by a radio station? Shh, is that meta? And uh, <laughs> so I I was uh, I was I was. But then in the conversation that ensued, they said, "Hey, but we have this need." I was this is I was a geek back then. I still am, more so probably now. <laughs> a little, yeah, really, maybe than ever. But you um, think? so they needed a geek. You know, they needed somebody to do. We were just networking computers for the first time back then. I give you some context, Josh. You probably don't even know what like that, you mean, like plugging them together so that's they correct. Like, talk to each yeah. other. Yes, yeah. yeah. Back I in the day, I wonder what the use of a computer was without them talking to each other. The word that's processing. Kind of, yeah, we did we did spreadsheets ah. and we did you know clip art and then <laughs> all sorts of, it out. Yeah, exactly. We had a you had to have a printer plugged into your computer before yep. there was network. I remember that clip art art library. Yeah, oh, that was fun yeah. stuff. But uh, I took care of all that that stuff. But what what happened was they said, hey, we we think we can move you from the salary column over here to this other column. <laughs> and and we think we're going to have enough work to keep you busy. And I said, I tell you what, how about we triple my hourly and I'll go find some other clients and then you don't have to worry about whether you're keeping me busy or not. Mm. And in that moment, I realized I had started my first business. That was <laughs> genius. I, got, old I, I love that story every time that you were bold enough to do that. I know. I, I can take zero credit for this, guys. I, it was like the Lord was just dealing with me right on the spot. Was that I, the same day that he talked to you? Yeah. Yeah, same morning. And they agreed. And they, they said, oh, well, that sounds great. And right. and, um, and so I, I I tripled my hourly income anyway yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and got my first client. Bottom line's a little different. Yeah, a little, the bottom line Paid was different. Taxes. But, you know, I, I actually began um, to get other clients, and, it, and it, was, it was amazing. I mean, now, of course, it was difficult and all that stuff. I mean, everybody has those. What year was this for context? I want to say 1991. Okay, you said 
25 years ago? 1992, 93. I don't remember. Somewhere in there. So, uh, but I, 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 and of course there were a couple of businesses. I started, I started and ran an an IT business and then I uh, ended up in Christian retail for a little while. I don't like to talk about that too much, but, uh, why is that? Just retail. I mean, it's just a tough Uh, business to be in. And then it's even worse when you're in Christian retail because there's, there are other challenges, you know, you, you you know, the, the thing about serving the body of Christ is that it's, it's very easy to uh, get off into offending someone uh-huh. without trying, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's kind of a nuanced thing. So anyway, but what I did is I learned a lot about direct response marketing. We did a lot of direct mail, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, in Christian retailing. So when I launched out on my own again, I decided, and I and I felt like this was a God thing, but I I went into marketing. So. Um, I began the business that we now have today and we call Grow the Dream. Today, it was it was it had a different name, but we started in 1998, and I went full-time in 2001. And one of my favorite uh, moments in this business came in 2006. So 10 years ago, I had a client, and we were I was just doing consulting. So we worked with businesses all over the globe. I mean, I ended up in Singapore. I had Ooh, projects uh, like just you know working with a variety of different businesses. I traveled a lot and did consulting, and it was it was really fun. But I had a local business. Uh, we we live all three of us live down in Sarasota, and there was a local guy was a it was a physician, and he was a client of a client of mine. So I had met him because of this software company we were working with. And uh, he came to me and he said, hey, I kind of want to grow my practice. He was a specialist. Uh-huh. So where do you think most specialists should get most of their customers from? If you're a, Referrals. If you're a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you don't go directly to the specialist. You go to your primary care physician and then that person gives you a referral to go to the specialist. Right? Absolutely. So he was doing some Yellow Pages advertising at a website and he did an event every year. And he, so he, But he said, you know, I kind of feel like I could be getting more out of what I'm doing. You know, what do you, what do you recommend? And so the first question I asked him, and, and this is still a valid question today, how many clients do you get from, and then you fill in the blank, you know, the Yellow Pages, the... Which, of course, that was valid in 2006. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, not so much now, unless you're a plumber or something. But um, the, the you know, <laughs> how many how many people call you from your newspaper ad? How many yeah. people call you from the... He had no clue. No, no, no idea. idea. And yeah. most yeah. didn't. And, and a lot this still day, don't. Right. A lot still don't. Oh, sure. And I'm shocked because today you can measure everything online. And, it, and yet many people don't know how many leads are coming in from their website even. Right, sure. So he didn't know, and uh, and he had a terrible website that was brochure that had, you know, somebody stuck it up there and it had been the same for three years. And so I said, hey, let's rebuild that. So we rebuilt his website because I'm a geek and I just, I'll say yes to anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me dive in and do that. So we rebuilt his website. But I, at the same time, I discovered something called WordPress. What? And it changed your life. I've never been the same from that day to this. WordPress, uh, at the time I found it because I was doing a Google search on uh, creative business card ideas. Oh, okay. And there was a guy who had gone to a conference and he passed out his card. And here's what his card said on the business card. It said, step one, go to Google.com. Step two, type in Matt, M-A-T-T. Step Uh, three, hit I'm feeling lucky. Matt Moltenwig, right? Yeah. Is that his name? Now, Rod, do you know what the I'm feeling lucky button does? Yes. A lot of people don't know that there's an I'm feeling lucky button on Google. What it does, instead of showing you the top 10 results, it takes you right to the top website. So what he was basically saying was, hey, I rank number one for my first name in Google. Now, if you do this today, I should warn you, you're not necessarily going to get Matt. You're going to get something else. But there's a reason that changed. Anyway, he was the founder of WordPress. He created this blogging tool. And so I went to the doctor and I said, hey, I know I'm rebuilding. I was in the middle of the rebuilding project. I said, hey, I know we're rebuilding your website, but I I have something I'm going to tell you that you need to do. 
you need to start writing once a week. And I had bought him another domain name and we slapped up. Actually, I think he owned it, but I slapped up WordPress. I put an installation of WordPress up there and I said, your job is to write an article on something medical related to your business once a week. So he logged in on this site. I showed him how. wrote his own article. He wrote his own stuff. Incidentally, my first company, iPad Screen Repair, was built on WordPress. On WordPress, of course. And uh, as as 25% of the web is today. Now, back then, this was still very new. Even when you started to use it, uh, Josh, it was not the powerhouse that it is today. Oh, no, it's totally different. But 25% of the uh, internet sites on WordPress. Use WordPress as software. So we're not saying they're on WordPress.com, and there's a big distinction there. there. WordPress.org is a place you go to get the free software. It's like an operating system that you put on a computer, but your, your website runs off of it. Yeah. And so a year later, he called me, and we had lunch, and he was mad. And, and uh, the doctor was. And I said, okay, so what are you upset about? And he said, well, um, I, used to, I used to have the top 40 results. Or, uh, he, no, he said, it, I, he said, I used to have the first four pages in Google. And he kept talking, and I, that's where I zoned out. <laughs> and I, so I, I kind of went back to him. I said, wait a minute. Let me back you up. You said you had the top four. You, you mean you had 40 results? And he goes, yeah. And I said, on what search? And he said, neurologist Sarasota, because that was his specialty. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And I said, Okay. What's and, wrong? And I What's wrong? So what this are you picture? upset about? And he said, "Well, there's some other guy on page three. <laughs> that is a true story, people. Wow. Uh, and he was mad. So I said to him, "I said, look, that's right. Nobody goes to page three. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. If you really want to bury a dead body, the best place to do it yeah, is on the on, second page yeah, of the Google results. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, he he said he said he was upset about that. But it turns out that he had done exactly what I told him to do, and he was writing these thousand plus word." Articles, everything they were terrible to read, but they ranked number one in Google on. Wait, wait, did you say they were terrible to read? Oh, they were horrible. He had written for medical journals. He'd never written for humans before. So, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, but anyway, it was very successful, and what that did is really began to change the way I approached marketing, because we found a key to getting people to the top of Google search results. And what is that called? Content marketing. Oh, ah. we should talk more about that. I think we really should, don't you? Yeah, we're going to do that. So uh, we want to thank you for listening here in Tampa Bay and around the world. We've been talking with Rod Thompson and Josh Muccio, my cohorts from Grow the Dream Show, our podcast that we do once a week. And Where can that be found anyway? Is that, where is that? You know, I don't think we've said that. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> you can find it on the web at growthedream.com slash show. There it is. You can just Google Grow the Dream Show. We're number one for that. <laughs> hey. Because we're talking about how to be number one in Google for stuff. That's one of the things you got to do these days, isn't it? Right. Mm, kind of matters. Yeah. So and we were, there's a really good way of doing it. Too. Yeah. We were talking about content marketing right before the break. Yeah. And, and how important it is. Well, sure. I think there's something key here in your story and my story is that you started writing this content, you started creating this content basically a year before you turned the spigot on and you actually started turning it. Well, he was running the business the entire time. Yeah, the doctor was running his business, but he's he's blogging once a week, writing these really long and I and I and I said they were terrible, right? We're not advocating <laughs> that you write terrible posts. No, I think it's really important that uh, listeners understand that you actually you need strong, high value content. Well, that 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 adds value, that, so that people actually, well, for content marketing, so that when they go to your site, they are you already have credibility because you've provided some good stuff. But it's better to push publish on stuff that you don't think is 100% the best thing you've ever written than to not publish at all. Yeah, To totally get better, agree. you have to start somewhere. That's what I told the doctor. Totally agree. I said, and I, and I encouraged him. I said, hey, you know, keep doing this. And he really did get better over time. But initially, right. his stuff was read like a medical journal. Let's give the listeners the one, two, three, the real quick one, two, three of content marketing. What are they? 
All right, number one, write content. I mean, you got to create content, but you got to know in order to be successful writing content, you got to know who you're writing to. Right. So and the purpose of writing content and putting out there for free is. Well, I like to use a cheese in a mousetrap as an analogy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. You got I feel your, like I should have heard this. One. I know. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> have we not done gonna... this before? So every every business, you, you, you built a better mousetrap, didn't you? I love how he has all of these in store. Like, endless. Randomly, like, endless. Where did this one come from? <laughs> Another one. So if you built a better mousetrap, you've got to have some cheese. Otherwise, ain't no mice going to come by and get in your mousetrap. True right? enough. So well, the you could cheese... use like peanut butter. Okay, so whatever you use that attracts the mice, that's your content. But you have to have yeah. it. And that's you, your and, content. And you put it out there, and the better, the stinkier it is, smellier, maybe stinky isn't the right, but the smellier and, right. and aromatic. And attractive to the mouse. Mm, yes. See, the problem, one of it's the things. It's got to be attractive. And that's, that's your target audience is the mouse. Yeah, and today in, in Google search, it would not be possible to do what that doctor did, where he had the first four pages in Google. So we're trying to trap our customers in mouse traps? Absolutely, man. That's you got to spring analogy. that trap. It is kind of brutal, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, it's as an analogy, it works because. Because because it's all about we'll use a fishing analogy instead. You got to fish with the bait. You still get a dead fish that the fish are biting on, and you're still going to hook them and fillet them, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> we go, we're still working on that analogy. There's okay. not a there's, okay. Moving on from the analogy we'll, we'll phase on that during the break. Okay. During back. the break, we'll see if we can come up with a with a less violent way to describe doing business. But it's you know at the end of the day, <laughs> we we have to have a transaction. That transaction is driven by interest, and the interest today people express their interest by running Google searches. Right. Yeah. They do research before they make a buying decision. Absolutely. And you want to be the one answering the questions that they're asking so that, you know, they're, they're coming in touch with your brand, with the service that you're offering, etc. So you're providing good, solid, solid content in that respect. But this is also where WordPress can come into play, right? So when you are regularly blogging and putting out there free, good content for people answering their questions, if you're doing it the right way, you're ranking really high in Google. So people just generally looking for the topic that you are an expert on will find you on Google. Yeah, you know, we did this with a, with a business last year. Um, we'd been writing their blog. My team does this for a living. I mean, this is one of the things that my team... And today, I have a team. See, back then when I started, it was just me. Just you. But we have a team now that does content. And one of the things we have is a business where we'd been writing their blog since 2013. And last April, one of my team members took an assignment that I gave her, and she wrote a blog post that answered a very simple question. And by July, so three months later, that one blog post had grown so much in traffic, it had rank, it had begun to rank number one on a wide variety of search terms that it was in July and is today still responsible for 50% of all the traffic, new traffic to that website. To that entire site. To the entire website. Is it, can you say the name of the, the post? Would that help people understand kind of... Well, like, yeah, but then it kind of begs for backstory. If nah. I tell you, it's how to clean your tongue without gagging. Okay, so this is so for, yeah. that's just a rabbit trail you can right. run down and learn all sorts of stuff about our client. But anyway, yeah, that, that but, was the thing. But I, I think the example right there is you were answering a question. People right. might ask, and "How it, do I clean my tongue? I'm gagging all the time." It turns and out, that's a search they type in. I found that search. I came up with that idea because I was doing date, keyword research. In other words, I was looking. I'm a geek, you know. And Josh, you're familiar with this, you know, doing the with, research. With geekdom, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so, but you can. You, it it turns out you can find out what people search for. Oh. And 
and you can then, and a lot of times today, especially because now we have things, I'm holding my smartphone, the listeners can't see it, but you guys can. Uh, a lot of times we hold this thing up and we say, okay, Google, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, I know what you said, you're not supposed to say that on there. Yeah, if but... you have an Android, I just set it off, but you can also talk to <laughs> Siri, uh, and uh, if you, those of you who are Mac users that have Mac phones uh, or iPhones, uh, you can, uh, Mac Mac I just call them Mac phones, yeah, but uh, they, uh, they, <laughs> They, uh, this is what we do now. We just ask Google questions. You know, we ask the phone questions, right. and, yeah. and Siri will eventually run a web search if she can't find the answer in Wolfram Alpha or whatever. Right. Or but that's just on top of the platform on which we're already operating yeah. and getting the content and the content marketing working from. But here's the thing, you know. So Google search is great, and it's wonderful to have good rankings in Google search. But today, all of us are trying to figure out social media, right? Right. Oh. How do we do Twitter? How do we do Facebook? And how do we, and bottom, how does that relate to your content? The bottom line is, yeah. you've got to have content for all. Of those me- you medium, right? You medium. Do. However, you can have one piece of content and use it on all those different pieces of medium. Exactly, and it can go out to YouTube, and it can become a Facebook video, and it can yep. go to Vine. And you it know, can... I was just talking to somebody here recently, giving advice to a good friend who was asking if they should spend a couple hundred dollars a month to hire this social media manager to manage their social media presence. Well, then I looked at their website and noticed that they were not publishing blog posts regularly. Uh. And I said, no, I think the first thing you need to do is start creating content on your blog. And then later on down the road, if you want to create a social media manager who can help you promote that content, now that's the way to go about it. But And why know. would you recommend the blog first? Well, I think that you want, if you're going to do something on your web, if you're going to do content marketing, or I'm sorry, if you're going to do social media promotion, you have to have something that you're sending people to. You're yeah, not, if they go to your Facebook page and they see nothing there. Right. Or, or if you're constantly saying, buy my product, check out my website, 50% off. Like, that's not what people want to see on social media. They want to no. see, hey, here's Un- the top You'll 10 be unfollowed tips. so fast. Or just yeah. worse, kind of ignored. I mean, I think it's almost worse to have yeah. people who have liked your page or have followed you on your social channel, whatever social channel it is. Who don't care And they anymore. disengage. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I'd rather them unfollow me because right. then I know they're not actually w- watching. It's kind of worse when you publish stuff and Right. So the crickets. content we're talking here is not the, your, your next sales pitch. It's not exactly. what is on sale. It's no. how can I answer your question? How can I help you out? That's the solid sort of content. Well, it, and the objection people have is, well, I don't want to give away too much of the information that I have. This is you know industry knowledge that I've learned. I don't want to give that away. Actually, you do. Because the person who answers people's questions better and seems more authoritative is the one that's going to get my business. If you give me a bunch of information for free, I'm going to I'm going to call you. You treat right. this kind of as a customer service mechanism. Yeah. He who serves the best wins. This right. we know. Right. And mo- most this people is a biblical principle here. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. And most most people who are running their own business are, are not trying to do everything. They would like to be able to find somebody that can do this element and that Emma that's an expert in it. They're looking for that expert. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of times businesses can actually gain the expertise to do the stuff in house. So you don't necessarily have to hire an outside person to handle this stuff because when, and this is why also Josh yeah. one of the reasons I recommend people start with blogging is because when you do the work yourself or within your team, and you do the work of creating the blog post and trying to serve people well mm-hmm. with content, there are so many lessons you'll learn yeah. about your business and about your customers and about how they think. 
and uh, and certainly it's trial and error. I mean, you know, you put stuff out there that nobody reads. Oh yeah. And and like I said, I mean, you know, even my team had put out a blog. We'd been blogging for that business for two plus years before that post got. And written. then one of them took off and, and one was responsible for fifty percent. You said yeah, fifty percent. And going back to the doctor, speaking of fifty percent, you know, I talked about him. He blogged for a year and was upset because there was another you know business on, on page, page three. three. But he uh, he at that time told me, I'm getting fifty percent of my new patients from the website. And how long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2007. Right. In so imagine what it is now. Yeah. What it oh yeah. Today, uh, I mean, the last time I asked him, and he's not our, our client anymore, hasn't been for for a number of years now. But uh, the last time I asked him, he was up to 60 percent of his new patients coming in from the web. And this right. is in an industry that most gets most of its business from referrals. Exactly. Right? So exactly. if you're the guy who's like, well, word of mouth is what matters. Yes, word of mouth does matter. But so does content marketing. Because today, a lot of word, word of mouth happens online. I was going to say, word yes. of mouth happens in social media. Exactly. So if you give your customers something they can share, right. then they will refer you business that That's way. The, That's referral, one of the mechanisms. When you, when you retweet something on Twitter or you like it on Facebook and it shows up in, in uh, people's feeds. Or you pin something is, on Pinterest. Or... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's essentially word of mouth. That is the new is. word of mouth there. Yeah. And uh, and there are lots of lessons you can learn about this stuff. These are the kind of conversations that we have on the Grow the Dream show, which makes it lots of fun. We produce that show every week for you, and we give it away absolutely free. We do. And uh, you can find it on growthedream.com slash show. It's our form of content marketing. We content market that show. Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, you know, if you have a question about content marketing and you would like us to address it sometime here before... Before this show ends, you can tweet us at GTD Show. So just go to Twitter.com and uh, and make sure you at mention GTD Show, and uh, we will catch that. And if it's a question we can address, we'll tackle it. So I, I'm just going to put the call out there for questions right now um, on uh, on Twitter at GTD Show. So I look forward to seeing seeing that happen. So guys. Um, you, you've both seen content successes. Rod, your whole business, your whole life now has been content. Yeah, pretty much. If I'm not providing good, solid content uh, for clients, then they are you're no longer clients. <laughs> yeah, you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And you now what you do, though, is you you don't just necessarily only focus on maybe, you know, tweets and, and blog posts, although I know that you do some of that, too. But you also are focused on helping people get their message out in mainstream media, publications, newspapers, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so all of those things that sound like they're sort of old school, they have very strong online components too. And we help them get their message out. And that comes down to knowing uh, both what they do and who their target audience is, and then crafting a message that uh, works for them. Uh, you know, that's just in close consultation uh, with the clients and, uh, and knowing what it is they want to accomplish. And sometimes those conversations help them focus in on what they want to accomplish. You know, it doesn't hurt to have conversations with outside people to sort of uh, narrow down what you're doing and what you want to do. And then from there, we can create messages that target the audiences uh, that they're trying to reach. And we can use the platforms to get them there. So you're, so you're saying press is basically another form of content marketing. Oh, absolutely. We, we tend to call it earned media, but earned media is totally a content marketing concept. So you're still answering questions. You're still providing um, advice. You're still telling right, so, people the answers they're wanting. So we have to know. A, another client. We have a new client we're just onboarding now who's doing a monthly column on, um, you know, helping people, giving them advice on uh, how to do ho rental housing. 
you know, oh, how, to rent, how to rent their house now because they're very successful at it. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses that they rent. And so they are giving advice on that in a monthly column. And they know that it's a long-term play. And over time, they become experts on it. Um, they use that online for the, with, through their own social media and, um, and their own website and all. And they will be able to grow their dominance and their credibility in that market. Smart mousetrap. Well, we're talking today with Rod Thompson and Josh Muccio, my good friends and co-hosts of Grow the Dream Show. And we're talking about how to grow your business in 2016. We were talking about content marketing. How would someone get started? What do you guys recommend? I know you might have different recommendations. So Okay, so is this for someone who doesn't have a business brand new. yet? No, no, they have a business, but they're just trying to figure out how to get started with, with content marketing. Okay, so we're assuming they already have a website. Hope so. Okay. If uh, not, what if, would they do? If they don't have a website, WordPress is a great uh, operating system, or they call it a CMS that you can use to content build management. your webs. Yeah, mm -hmm. a content management system that also has a blog in it. So a lot of people think of blogs as being, oh, well, this is, you know, there's a new post on this thing every single day. No, not necessarily. A lot of businesses have a home page, they have pages for their services, but then they also have a portion of their website dedicated to their blog. So a great way to get started is to use a content management system like WordPress to have a portion of your site dedicated to this blog content and just start, make a commitment, say, I'm going to publish something once a month or once a week. I like weekly once a month. Once a month is uh, it's too far in between stuff. You won't be getting into a habit. Uh, if you, and if you can write more than that, uh, great. But uh, you, you got to get started with something. You got to start creating something. And, and if you can't do blog content, a second best is to start recording videos and uploading those to YouTube. Um, if you're not a blogger, that that type of person. And you don't. If you, I, I also recommend starting with the blog. Um, and, but you don't need to write War and Peace. You don't have to be Tolstoy here. <laughs> or the doctor that was writing right. 1,200, 1,500 word posts. Exactly. You don't have to. Long posts are stickier over the long term. But if you're just getting started, you can start off with three, 400 words. And you'll find that that's actually just a handful of paragraphs. That won't take you that long. And you're writing on something that you're already an expert on. Um, so this is good for you to be doing, period. Go ahead, push play, push start, push publish, get started with it, and then work to improve week after week, yep. month after month. Good stuff. All right. You can learn more by visiting growthedream.com slash show and check out our uh, podcast there, the Grow the Dream Show. It's great having you guys here today. We are out of time. So uh, as we come to an end, the end of another I Work For Him show, I want to personally thank you for listening to I Work For Him today. Also, thank you to Ace for fantastic support handling the controls with precision. Thanks to our show sponsors. You can find out more about them and us at iworkforhim.com. When you get home today, please take the time to go to our website, iworkforhim.com. On the site, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including links to all of our archives from past shows. Uh, you'll also have the ability to join the I Work For Him Nation and check out the podcast there, or you can find it on iTunes. Please also take time to follow us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. On the, on the Facebook page, you can find pictures of our guests, including these three jokers from today, uh, and also previews of upcoming guests. And if you're still in the office when I Work For Him comes on the air, you can find us on iHeartRadio. Search for Faith Talk 570 and 910. Based on today's I Work For Him discussion, what do you think it's going to take for us to take this city for Jesus Christ in the workplace? We've learned today that our faith can impact our workplace by growing our businesses. Amen. <laughs> All right. There's an epic battle for the souls of our co-workers and employees. Join the I Work For Him Nation and commit to praying for them each and every day by name. We need to be purposeful in our actions to them each and every day by befriending them at every turn. We need to be intentional in looking for ways to serve them. 
Our Savior and Lord needs you and me to be the best employee, business owner, contractor, freelancer around so that people will be asking why. Remember, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. You and me, we need to prepare for this battle. Go to iWorkForHim.com, join the I Work For Him nation. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your guest host, David Johnson. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business. But ultimately, I work for him. Down.